0: Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now, here is Pastor Gary Tony. Uh, this, this new talk that we're unpacking uh, this morning, Tracy was asking me if, if I've got a new series. I'm like, I don't know if it's a series. Uh, it's a word from the Lord for you today, though. Should you dare to take it? All right, me and Tracy going to take it. The rest of y'all just look at me. Okay? Okay. Yeah, let's let's start in Matthew chapter 5. Holy Spirit, this morning, speak to hearts in this place, to to, to all of our church family online and those watching or listening at later dates. Father, speak today. Let your voice be clearer than ever before in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 5. This is out of the message. And Jesus says this, verse 13. Let me tell you why you're here. You ever wonder why you're here? Huh? Y'all going to help me today or just look at me? Say, I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you why you're here today. In case you were wondering, Jesus is getting ready to let you know. Huh? You're here to be light. To bring out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. So we're going public. As public as a city on a hill. Now listen to the words of Jesus here. If I make you a light bearer. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. I'm putting you on the hilltop, so shine. Turn to your neighbor and say shine. Yeah. See, this is the thing that God is looking for in in today's culture that we live in. I think one of the things that the the American church has done is we've gotten comfortable. We have, we've got it. I mean, we live in the greatest nation on the planet and things are just, I mean, I know we have trials and challenges but man, I'm telling you, we, we are, we're, we're used to getting our way with stuff. And all of a sudden, when, when you don't get your way, I'm talking, I'm talking to Christians, blood-bought, Holy Spirit anointed, we begin to crumble right away. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the light of the world. And he says, if you follow me, you'll walk in the light. So if you want to know if you're walking in the light, you got to look and see if you're following Jesus. You know, guys, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but light, light never tries to be light. Huh? It's just, light is. Light is. You know, anytime I go into the kitchen or whatever room I'm in, when the team came in here and hit the switch this morning, there wasn't this major struggle with darkness, and then it's back and forth, and finally light overcomes. No, no, as soon as you hit the switch, light is. Light is. See, this is the thing that you and I need to embrace today. We are light every day on our job, every day at school Stop trying to be religious and just embrace the reality you are light. And and I'm telling you the more they <laughs> it's crazy man we're singing that song coming like a fire. I know we don't I know we don't want that in our life. We just want Jesus to say here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Let me just give you a little bit more. You little brat, let me just give you a little more. Whatever you want, here you go. Here you Man, then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the biggest battle of your life. Things didn't go your way. It's in those moments that you need to take a break, self-evaluate, and remember who you are. Listen to what Jesus said. I made you light bearers. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. No. I made you to stand out. I want to glorify myself in you. I want to show off to the world in you. But in order for us to get to that place, we have to be these yielded, humble, willing vessels. So here's the thing: if you're born again, I want you to embrace this today. I know some some of you may be thinking this and like, why does this person hang around me? You're light. You're light. People will be drawn to you. Sometimes people that you don't even like. You remember, I've used this illustration before. You know know those back in the day, the old bug zappers, they used to hang in the yard? You know what they did? They drew drew bugs to them to zap them. Yeah. That's what God wants us to do. You a 21st century bug zapper. (laughs) Yeah, just just let, them, just let them come to you. Now, I'm not saying zap them in a bad way. We're not, the, we're, hey, we're not the church police, right? You see, guys, even if your friends or some of your family, even if they don't know it, we are God built. We are God designed. You didn't evolve from something. That's a bunch of nonsense that people teach. It's from the devil, if you really want to be honest about it. You are God made and he created every human a certain way and he knows that in the heart of every human being, even if you don't know it, even if they want to reject Jesus at this current time, they're still made by God and the way God designed it is when you shine a little light on them, even if they fight it in the beginning, they're made by God and it draws their heart. What happens is so often we get mad at somebody because they didn't respond the way we thought they should have. They said something about us. That, I can't believe they said that about me. <laughs> huh? See, here's the thing, guys. Regardless of your style, regardless of your personality, the power of the gospel, it will work through anyone who will trust in it more than your own abilities. See, so often we think we've got to have it all figured out. We think we got to have it all together. I probably do stuff wrong on a regular basis in my life. I don't say the right thing to people. You know, as a pastor, uh, there are t- there are certain expectations that people have of me. And I know, I you know, I'm on a pretty pretty consistent basis. I don't live up to that standard. Right, Stephen? yeah, you know i won't I'll pass you in the lobby and i I won't even see you, and I see somebody else that's three three layers back and and i I'm seeing them because I was praying for them this morning, and I walk past you and and you look at me, and I didn't look at you, but you thought I was looking at you, and I wasn't looking at you, I didn't even see you, but now you're mad at me because you thought I saw you when... well, he didn't even speak to me, walk right. I've had people leave our church. We got a phone call. uh, Left my church because I didn't speak to somebody in the lobby one time. Who does he think he is? I didn't even know you was there. I'm like, man, I'm just a guy, just like y'all. I know I have to do mine in front of you, so go easy on it, brother. (laughs) Pray for me, all right? So here's the thing. So today... Because we're talking about being this light for Jesus, and, and it really starts with this. I think the fire that keeps the light burning in the people of God is this God-inspired hope that's in us. We need to be people of hope, not, not, not people that's tossed around with every situation and circumstance. I mean, sometimes when the, when the enemy knows that he's got you on the ropes, you think he's going to take a coffee break? No, he's gonna turn the heat up. Your car is gonna break down. All, all hell's gonna break loose in your life. Huh? <laughs> Y'all okay? Yeah. What we need today, I believe, is a little God inspired hope. God's not done. I want you to listen. God is not finished. He's not finished with you, He's not finished with our nation. It is not time to quit because you didn't get your way. The Vines Dictionary describes hope this way. It is this favorable, fixed, confident expectation. It goes on to say this. It is this happy anticipation of good. In the middle of the storm, when everything isn't going right, you're still believing that God's got you. So often we just want God to wave his magic wand and poof us. But guys, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to have some desert moments in your life when God delivered the children of Israel and he brought them to the Red Sea. I, I'm, God knows I still struggle with this. And so we'll, we're, we're going you know, when, when we get to heaven, I mean, maybe he can break it down a little bit more for me. But Why? Why did he have to wait till the children of Israel were at the ocean and the army of Egypt breathing down their neck before they got a breakthrough? Why couldn't he just, why couldn't he have just transported them from Egypt to the promised land? Y'all been listening to me too much about process. We don't want no, (laughs) we don't want process, do we? We just want the promise. We just want the provision. Forget the process, God. But the, you understand, the desert is the process, and that's where you learn to believe God. If you get, parents, if, you, if your kid gets his way or her way and everything, usually they turn out what? Spoiled. <laughs> I actually said Brad. <laughs> you didn't say Bradley, did you? No, no Brad, I'm just playing. <laughs> no. I think sometimes, like we said uh, maybe on Wednesday night, count it joy when you find yourself in these various trials, knowing that it's producing something in your life. Huh? Lord, I didn't really want this. I don't, I don't like this situation I'm in right now. I don't, I don't like what's going on around me right now. Well, then get your hope fixed back on him. What does Vine's Dictionary say? Hope is this favorable, fixed, confident expectation. You think about it. I mean, today, what, what if, today, you were overflowing with this kind of hope? You had this confident expectation, no matter what it looks like, no matter what your paycheck looks like, no matter what they talk about you, on, no, you have this expectation, God's, God's doing some good work in you. He's not finished with you. Yeah, but you don't understand what I'm, I'm not your fixer. So what if today you made this faith decision to stir up a little hope, to let the light of the, of the nature of God inside you? You know, for me, I would, much rather, I would much rather hang around people of hope than the Debbie Downers and the negative Nancys and, huh? Yeah. In the book of Hebrews, this is an interesting passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, says this in verse 23, let us... Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hold fast to your confession of hope. Hold fast to it. Well, I don't even know what my confession of hope is. Well, that's step one for you. Find out. Get in the Word of God and find promises of who you are and hold fast to that confession of hope. He says, Hold fast without wavering, for he who promised is. Say, God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. Yeah, you don't know anybody that God's let down. You don't. I know, I know a lot of people want to blame God for stuff. But according to Psalm 18, God is perfect, flawless. He who promised is faithful. Watch this. And let us consider one another in order to stir up. No, you can say it. Go on. Yeah, stir up love. Sometimes it's going to take some work to stir up love because we're emotional people. We get mad and frustrated, yeah? I think there are times in our life when God gives us, as a matter of fact, yep, thank you, Lord, uh, today will be one of those days uh, when you have a message like this right outside those doors, maybe not even before you get out of your row, is opportunity, Let's hold fast our confession of faith. Let's consider one another stirring up love and good works. Watch this. Not forsaking assembling ourselves together. I know we're, we're living in a, in a time in the climate of where we're at today that it's easy to forsake assembling. But according to the writer of the book of Hebrews inspired by the Holy Spirit, we're not supposed to. It's vital that we come together. Not just to come together out of some religious thing. We come together to get exhorted and and encouraged and prayed for. Are you with me? He says says that it's even more important that you do it when you see the day approaching. What day? The Lord's day. His return. Now understand, I I told this to you um, maybe last Sunday or the Sunday before. At this particular time in history, the demon-worshiping Emperor Nero was ruling the land and he was he either told christians you can either leave your home and your and your city and your homeland you can leave or we will execute you i know you think you got it rough right now i know you think government is jacked up right now it's been jacked up for a long time you want to know why look at your neighbor and then look at yourself, because the church took a vacation. We are the moral arm of this planet. The church is. Now, God loves you. He's not mad at you. But make no mistake about it, what we face today is nothing compared to the I mean, just think. Just think if they showed up at your house and said, uh, if you deny Jesus, we'll let you stay. This is what was happening, you all. The government showed up at your house and said, if you deny Jesus, we'll let you stay. (laughs) We don't like this stuff, do we? Nuh-uh. Can we go back to the hope and stirring up? (laughs) What we need to be willing to embrace, because what's happening Put that uh, passage back up there in Hebrews, guys. The very first verse there. Yeah, verse 23. <laughs> now understand, some of their families probably already been executed. Others have been exiled from their homeland. And, and the Holy Spirit says this. Hold fast your confession of hope without wavering. Guys, I'm telling you. There's going to have to be some resolve in our life. I think that it's time for the church to to draw a line in the sand and make a stand on who you are, not religion. You see, remember hope? Hope is this fixed, confident expectation. I can't help but wonder if there are some of us, though, that maybe we've... We've lost some of that hope in the middle of the storm because everything isn't going right. Maybe some of us, you know what, Billy, maybe some of us, we are too comfortable. We got good careers. We got a good job. We got a good savings account, good investments. Everything's going great. Isn't that the truth, brother? And I think that God is wanting to wake us up a little bit. Maybe this is why in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, he reminds us, hold fast. He tells them again, hold fast your confidence. Hold fast your confidence. Don't let go. I know things are looking rough right now. I know things are shaky all around you. Hold fast. I know in your own life you're facing these battles. Things are not looking right for you. Hold fast. Stir up a little hope. Get around some people that's going to light the fire of hope in you. Hang around some faith friends. Instead of them getting down in the mud and crying with you, it's minute it's it's okay to cry for a minute, but the bible says joy comes in the morning. You need to get up and wash that junk off and let's go. You remember the story I've told him many times about the donkey that got stuck in the well and the farmer had no way to get him out? He said, Well, I guess I better bury him because he's gonna die in the well. And every time he threw a shovel of dirt on him, he shook it off. And then he stepped up on it. And then he shook it off. And then he stepped up on it until he stepped out of the well. See, so often we allow the things that that the enemy, guys, make no mistake. This is why the Apostle Paul says this in Corinthians. He says the war that we rage is not of this world. Why would he use terms like that? You better understand the devil will not let you go. He will not stop harassing you. Remember what Jesus said? Hey, if I make you a light bearer, if I make you a light bearer, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm not. I'm going to put you out so people can see. I'm going to put you out in front of people so they can, t- they, can, they can talk about you and criticize you. Everything won't go right. Everybody won't like you and accept you, because, but you're light. So what does he say? Shine. Stir up the hope inside you today. See, for the born again, you got to get this, this kind of hope. Let me say it like this. This kind of God-inspired expectation, it allows us to see things from his perspective, from God's world. I mean, after all, God is, according to the Bible, he is the God of hope. Check this out. You'll like this passage in Romans chapter 15. This is out of the um, Amplified, and it says this. May the God of your hope. Let me ask you something. Is the, is the Almighty the God of your hope? Or is something else, you got your hope in something else? May the God of your hope so fill you Listen, this is one of those you need to take home scriptures. Put it on your dashboard. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith. Watch this. That the power of the Holy Spirit may abound and be overflowing in you, bubbling over with this hope. People get around you and you're just, you know any bubbly people? Maybe. I don't, I don't know if I know any bubbly people. Bubbly people bug me. <laughs> now I'm not saying that. That's what you say, not me. I, no. no. I'm married to bubbly. Listen, and here's the thing. Y'all know how music has this this influence on you. I mean, she'll come in from work singing the most ridiculous thing that I haven't heard since 1973. I'm like... Where, I, I'm, I'm not talking about a godly song. I'm not talking about worship. No, no. I'm like, what? Where'd that come from? It's like, I don't know, you know. But she's, it's bubbly. She's, I mean, you know, and you talk about, I mean, she's just belting it out. And I'm like, babe, the neighbors can hear. No, I don't sign. I don't sign. No. Yeah. We need this bubbling over excitement about us. When things don't look the best, when we're in the middle of storms, you know it? This is the thing that God is counting on. You know, guys, you know what the world needs to see right now? They need to see us in our born-again, Holy Spirit-inspired nature. We don't need to be like them, freaked out and scared and blaming everybody. And all, uh, We don't need, no, we need to be people of God right now. You know, I've told this story before. You, you can relate to this. You remember, your, I don't know when the last time I did it, but th- this guy, he, had, he, was, he, he was out on the ocean somewhere, and his boat sank. He had some kind of issue, and he wound up being uh, kind of like, what was the movie the guy was lost on the island? Not Well, y'all went way back, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I, listen, but now I love Gilligan's Island. I watch it every day after school. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was real lost. I mean, that'd be great. But anyway, what's it called? Yeah. Castaway. Yeah, the dude. So this, this guy, he, he's a Christian, and he, he, this happens to him, and he's stranded on this island. And I know you think that'd be awesome, but, you know, six weeks in, it's not so awesome. And one day, he's having a pity party, and, uh, you know, he's believing God. He's a man of faith, but he's having one of those struggling days. And, you know, if you've ever been in the tropics, these little tropical storms pop up just like that and they're gone. And one day a storm rolls in and his little grass hut that he'd made, lightning struck it. And it catches on fire and it's this big blazing thing. And He's just sitting there crying like, Where? like the heavens are quiet. Where are you, God? Where are you, God? And then all of a sudden the Coast Guard shows up. And he's like, oh, how did you find me? He said, we saw the signal fire that you lit for help. See, so often, guys, we think, because everything looks dark, it's just like the, it's just like the Red Sea thing. God, why, God, why do you have, I mean, they're on, their, their toes are in the water. I got my toes in, no, wrong, 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 wrong scenario there. <laughs> and Pharaoh's army is breathing down their neck. Why did it have to get like that? Because God had a master plan. Not only did he want to reveal the glory of him by splitting the Red Sea and bringing them the cross, but he wanted to take out the most powerful army on the planet like that. He had a plan. Say, God's got a plan. He's got a plan today, but you have to trust him. His way won't always be your way. So even when it looks bad, don't forfeit your hope. This is why it's important to be around people that will encourage you, that will motivate you, pray for you, have fun with you. This is one of the things Sherry and I, we cut up in the lobby all the time. I give her a hard time. She gives me a hard time back. You need that. This is why we're, we're, I know some of y'all probably not ready for this, but we're family. God brought us together for a reason. I know you think, no, I've been church shopping for six months. Well, you're so smart. What took you so long? If God God brought you here, (laughs) huh? Now you may not laugh after this. A thousand years from now, we still we still family. Like I, man, I've, I've heard I've heard all you stories, preacher. I don't want to hear them anymore. <laughs> That's one of the things I loved about Brother Hagin, Man, he would tell the same story a thousand times and told. I mean, bold, confident. Like you know, like don't worry about it. Just listen, because the Holy Spirit will say something to you while I'm talking about rain or a grass hut. When Abraham and Sarah were in their struggle, believing for the promise, and then the Bible says that they were old, you know, it's not like us old. If the Bible says you old, <laughs> you old, brother. <laughs> and, and God tells, now, now think, I know we read this story, we're like, oh, that is an awesome story, but God told this 100-year-old dude and a 90-year-old wife, they're going to have a baby. I know you, some of you women are like, uh-uh, nah, no, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> Right? And here's the thing. Sarah actually laughed about it in the tent. And God said to Abraham, hey, is anything too hard for me? But now you're going to have to believe this stuff. You got to let this truth get settled in your thinking as people of God. And here's the thing. All of us, we, we should be overflowing with this kind of expectation, this anticipation. Man, you better get ready. God's getting ready to do something. You need to be bubbling over. Like, what's wrong with you? I don't know what it is yet, but something big getting ready to happen. This is the day God has made. Well, you get up and nothing looks any different, and then BJ walks out from the back, scares you, and (laughs) I mean, I'm just flowing along, and all of a sudden he comes sneaking out. (laughs) Let me ask you this this morning what if, what got, what if we were, every one of us, what if each of us were a little bit more intentional? about helping the other person stir up a little confidence, stir up a little hope in their life. Why? Because we're light. See, one thing's for sure, the more that you allow the Holy Spirit to inspire you, I could tell you this, the brighter you're going to shine. You're going to stand out a little bit more. And a big key to this kind of hope is this, guys. You've got to allow a place in your thinking for this kind of lifestyle. Don't let everything that you're facing right now get you sidetracked. You are in the middle of a battle. Don't kid yourself. And it is raging right here. There's a really cool story in in the Old Testament. Moses, now the children of Israel are on the other side. They're they're pursuing the promised land at this point. And they are encountering enemies. And the Amalekites are one of their first encounters that they face. Deceiving, devil-worshiping people. Brutal. And so Joshua, the leader of the Israeli army at that time, is commissioned by Moses to go to battle. The interesting thing is Moses is up on a mountain overlooking the battleground, and as long as he's holding up the rod of God in his hand, the enemy is being defeated. But when his arm gets tired and it starts to go down, things begin to shift a little bit. What's going on here? Aaron and her realized this is where the power of God is. This is the type of the anointing flowing through the people. So they get a rock for Moses to sit on. One gets on one side, one on the other, and they hold Moses' hands up. Say together. You see, together we win. Together. See, they, they were holding up the, that rod is the power and anointing of God flowing through the people to do the work to win the battle. They're still in the battle. See, sometimes what you need to do is take that position of holding up people. Hey, it's okay, we got you. See, guys, Jesus, this is what Jesus was talking about. If you'll stay with me, if you'll follow me, you're gonna walk in the light, and you're gonna be like me. Y'all okay? Okay, let me give you a little, let me give you a little pastoral stuff for a second, okay? Because Jesus makes this statement in Matthew and in Luke. He says, the light of the body is the eye. And if the eye is single, the whole body's full of light. What's he talking about there? You see, here's what we do, guys. We look at all kinds of stuff. See, the eye, what we see is really our senses. What we hear, what we see, what we take into our soul influences who we are. I forget who I was talking to the other day. We were out in the, I think it might've been Billy. Was it about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich with the dog poop? You're like, what? Well, I, I know most of you heard it, but it'll help some of you. These two, these two teenage boys, their friend wanted to take them to see a movie that wasn't a clean movie. Had some bad language in it, had some bad images in it. And the dad said, no, you're not going. If the light of the eye is single, say single. They say, yeah, but dad, has just got a little sin in it. Nothing major, just a little. See, you're not going. So the next morning, he wants to teach them this valuable life lesson. So he makes their lunch for school, their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And on the way out the door, he says, boys, I love you. Have a wonderful day. I just want to let you know. In your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I put a little dog poop." And they're like, dad. He said, it's just a little, it's just a little dog poop. See guys, the enemy knows all too well because he's been around from the beginning. He is a master of deception. He's not going to come in one failed swoop and try to deceive you just a little at a time. He's going to get you to, he'll get you to watch one little thing that's not right to watch. He'll get you to watch, and then the next thing you know, your eyes no longer see, now you got other stuff. Now, now you're watching, now you're sneaking away and hiding and watching it, Stephen. Don't let them, well, I hope Bree don't come in and see me. Some of us, we sat in front of that box and we watched the mainstream media tell us who and what we're supposed to be, and they shape your soul and you live and you, with your head in the clouds and like, oh, it must be true stop that job if the eye is single the body's full of light now he, he knows that you can't he knows you can't live 24/7 in the Bible looking at but it what happens is it becomes a lifestyle to you everything that you do you're looking to Jesus first remember he said if you follow me you walk in the light if you're following him so if you're following Jesus and, and your friends are wanting to go go, go smoke a little, something something you're like if you're following Jesus you're not going to get on them you're just going to have this check Like, "Mm, sorry guys the writer of Proverbs says it like this if you know the street that the prostitute lives on don't go down that street let me paraphrase this for you all to relate to this. If you know, if you, the, this section of the frozen food aisle has the ice cream, don't go down the ice cream aisle. Don't do it. Listen, I I, I have these battles at Kroger all the time and I'm like, "No. I get behind me, and Jerry. I mean the devil <laughs> right. Yeah. If the, if if the eye is single, so what God is wanting. Now God loves you. He loves you so much that he killed his firstborn for you. But he wants you to learn to grow in these things. Why? Because we are the light of the world. And he has put us on a hill on a lampstand to shine. You see, our our challenge today, man, we're double, we're triple-minded with stuff. And James says if you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. This is why the Apostle Paul, I love this paraphrase out of the message in Ephesians chapter 4. He makes this statement teaching us how to walk in the light. He says this stop. Now this you can relate to this passage today. Stop going along with the empty-headed, mindless crowd. Stop following those people. They're not even born again. Okay, so what? They 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 they're a great basketball player or they're a great movie star or singer or what big deal you got to make room in your life for God. And the more that you do, I'm telling you, man, it is like poison ivy. It'll take. See, this is this God-inspired hope that we've got to have for one another. Romans chapter 4 reminds us that, you know, when everything was hopeless, I want you to get this. This is a wonderful story in Romans chapter 4. But it actually says those words, talking about Abraham and Sarah, the Bible says when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway. He he chose to live a life based on what God said, to the degree that he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. So every time he showed up, his name was decreeing over his life what God said he was. And they still took time for that to process. You got to allow the transformation to go to work inside you. I mean, here's the thing, guys. Today's the day that God's giving you. You ready for this? So why not start today? Why not light a fire of hope inside you today? Why not, why not, why not stir up this expectation inside you that every, everybody that runs into you, you, you're just bubbling over with, man, you just wait. You just wait. wait and see what God's getting ready to do in my life. Wait and see what God's getting ready to do in our church. You all know I'm believing for some huge things in 21 for Victory Life Church. Okay, me and Kathy, okay. Y- y'all with me on this? Y- y- you sure? Say I'm with you. All right. But now, now, well, here's what's gonna happen: the, the world and the devil's not gonna roll the red carpet out for you. Let me show you something. Go to Acts. Well, you're not, I know you're not gonna go to Acts. You're gonna you're gonna follow our U version that. <laughs> but that's okay. I, I encourage you to take these scriptures home and meditate them. Let me set this up, man, I'm almost out of time. But in this story, the Apostle Paul and his young crew, mainly his, one of his newest disciples, Silas, has answered the call of the ministry and, and they're traveling around preaching the gospel. And they land in this city and there's this demon-possessed uh, diviners, what they would call them, we, today we call them a psychic. I, I know somebody like, ooh, it's, they know stuff. Yes, yeah, because they sleeping with demons. That, come on. And so this demon girl is following them around. Because she, before, she, now you know, demons can't tell the future. They can't tell the future. But they can, as far as familiar spirits, they know people and they know what's going on. And they, can, they can reveal secrets and stuff and they were making the people of that city money and then Paul and Silas and his crew show up and they're preaching and she's, this demon girl is following them around I think she wants to be delivered but the, the, but the, 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 the demons got her and she keeps yelling out these are the people of God they're teaching the ways of God And, she's, and, and Paul, the Bible says that Paul put up with for a couple of days then he got tired up and he turned around and said in the name of Jesus come out of her and the, and the demon left her and the people of the city knew that they just lost their money maker. And so they wanted to have power. They had power. But first of all, they had him beat. The Bible says, Stephen, they, they stripped their clothes off and they beat them. And then they put him in jail. I know y'all think it's, it's bad because somebody talked about you on social media. I'm suffering for Jesus. They talked about me. These dudes got beat and thrown in jail. Now watch this. Acts 16, verse 25, at midnight, say midnight. See, sometimes, guys, it will seem like the Red Sea moment. It will seem like your darkest hour. At midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing to God. They weren't crying and complaining. I mean, can you picture Silas He's looking over at Paul. Man, I knew I shouldn't have followed you. Got me beat. I'm in jail. i want some of my mama's biscuits. At midnight, instead of them crying about their situation, they begin to pray and sing praises to God. And the Bible says that the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was this violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, the prison doors flew open. Now, most earthquakes, buildings crumble. But this particular earthquake, it was kind of like, I vision it, it was kind of like a, a God moment with a snow globe. He's like, I'm just gonna shake it a little bit, and so the doors fly open, and the chains fall, but they, they just fall off. It's like, oh, hey, I want another earthquake like that. Their chains fell off, and the doors flew open. And I know that if you read the rest of the story, the Bible doesn't say that they left. No, they stayed right there because the, 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 the prison guard and his family, he was wanting to get saved. And Paul said, hey, don't freak out, we're here, because he's getting ready to kill himself because of the government that he served. If they got away, he died. He said, Paul said, don't, don't panic, I'm here. Well, what do I got to do to get saved, Paul? And then Paul preaches the gospel to him and to his house, and they get him saved. Next day, they leave. I believe God wanted that family saved. That's why all this, well, could it happen? It probably could have, but this is the way it played out because you're dealing with people. See, I would like for all of you all, I know God would love for all of you all just to come to church every Sunday, bring all your friends, fill it up, we go build a new building. Yeah, but we don't. We want to sleep in if it's raining. Not today. i watch it. I I mean, this COVID thing, the one thing I love, Pastor, I can do church in my pajamas. No, you can't. You can listen to a message in your pajamas. But according to Hebrews, we are to assemble together. Hmm? This is why Paul instructs us that we are to cast down every thought that tries to exalt itself against who we are as people of God. See, right now, would you say you're expecting God to be the God of the Bible in your life? Are you? Don't just give me a church answer. You, you, are you expecting God? You, do you believe God's got your back right now that he's gonna come through for you? you get, huh? Do you, remember what we talked about with our definition? Do you have this happy anticipation of good in your current situation? If you were locked in prison and your back was still sore, Would you be singing, come in like a fire? (laughs) Huh, would you? See, the thing I've learned is this. As I grow closer to him, he wants me at a place of total dependency, total expectation on him. I'll leave you with this statement. Of course, you know I love King David. I I love watching his life. I believe I am of the seed of David. I'm in the line of David. The blessing David had is on my life. And David makes this statement. He says, I will pitch my tent in the land of hope. In other words, I'm going to live in hope. I'm going to live expecting God to be there for me. See, guys, it doesn't take any faith. Listen to me. It doesn't take any faith to, to be negative, to be discouraged, to be unbelieving, to be critical of other people, to be judgmental. It doesn't take any faith to be that. That's not the people that we are. So let's stop allowing all the stuff around us to dictate who we are. Let's get our let's get dialed in on who we are with Jesus. Y'all okay? Now, now, can I give you some new homework this week? All right. Let's go. Let, let, let me uh, real quickly I want to highlight it and then, and then I'll leave you with it. We'll get out of here. Psalm 37. I'm, to, I'm just going to skim through this quickly, then I'm going to get you out of here. But this week, Psalm 37 is your homework. You got it? Say I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's not half of you, maybe. That's better than a couple weeks ago. You know. Watch this, because regardless of where you're at right now, listen. This is the word of the Lord. I gave this passage to my staff about a month ago. Listen very carefully. Don't fret because of evildoers. Nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass. And they will wither like the herb. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit. Commit. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will bring forth your righteousness like the light and your justice like the noonday. But it starts with you trusting God in the middle of the storm. When everything isn't going right, you're trusting in God. When you found yourself in a difficult situation, you're trusting God. Why? Because you're light. Jesus said, you don't think I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you up here for everybody to see so that you can draw people to you. Your storm, your trial that you went through, I'm going to use, I know the devil meant it for bad, but I'm going to use it to bless somebody's life. I'm going to use you and your junk to save somebody else that doesn't have the same relationship that that you have with Jesus. But you have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit get inside you and you get to the place like with Abraham. My hope is in him. I'm expecting God to be the almighty in my life, amen. That means, guys, that you have to have God in your life. So if you're listening to me this morning, you're in the room, if you're watching, it's very simple, Jesus came to this planet and became a human and died. And then on the third day he got out of the grave and then he left this planet and he lives in heaven now. Our job is to believe that to accept him into our life and then allow him one decision at a time, one day at a time to transform us into what he died that we could be. But it all starts, it all hinges on you accepting Jesus into your life. So we say this prayer every Sunday as a church family. And if you're in this room, today's the day. Don't leave here without Jesus. We're not asking you to be a member of Victory Life Church. We would love it if if you want to. But more importantly than that, we want you to be part of God's family. If you're watching, don't you unhook. Say the prayer today, I dare you. Take a step of faith, give Jesus a chance. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord, heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen, yes. Now if you said the prayer, and you're in the room, stop out to our information desk. We just want to give you a little packet of stuff to help you in your next steps in your journey of faith. For those of you watching, tell a friend, tell somebody, call us. We just want to make sure that you're getting on the right track, discovering your new life in Jesus. Now, for the rest of you, remember what I told you in the beginning of our talk? Right after this talk, right outside these four walls, there is an opportunity waiting you. So be on today. Live expecting. Look for the things of God in your life. Be bubbling over with this. Amen? God bless you all. We love you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.